0: Hey everyone, this is Tony, Dungeon Master for D&D Raw, and before we begin, I just wanted to say, please don't forget to join us at the end of the episode, as we highlight Samantha Darcy and how you can support her on Patreon. Also, you can support D&D Raw on Patreon to access behind-the-scenes content while earning our undying gratitude, including special shoutouts, bonus content, and even the chance to join us in the game. We would be thrilled if you support us on Patreon. Now, on to the show. With me today are the following players.
1: Hi, this is Bethany, and I will be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half elf awakened mystic.
2: Hi, I'm Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Kanshu, the Shadar Kai hexblade warlock.
3: Hi, I'm Giuseppe, and I'll be playing Valen Blackwater, a monk paladin. Hi, I'm Michael, and I will be playing Scriv Whitecliff,
4: the human mastermind rogue. <laughs>
0: Last time, you made the 10-day journey from Aspenbrook to Amaran, getting to know a little bit about each other along the way. Then, after 10 days of meditation, contemplation, sparring, and games of cataclysm, you finally arrived in the port city of Amaran. From here, you began making your way over to the Thistledon Inn to find a place to rest for the evening, and stopped off in the market for some delicious fried fish where you learned you needed to speak with Constable Olga in the port barracks if you wanted to learn any more information about the cleric that you have come to meet. So, you guys were making your way towards the Thistledon Inn. As you guys are walking past, you do pass by a few shrines to three different deities. One of them, because you all rolled really, really well, you immediately recognize Vumera's shrine, the symbol of a large tree surrounded by a wreath of grain. Okay. You'll see the symbol of a set of scales resting on a greatsword.
2: Okay.
1: You know we're going to try to find out what these are, right, Tony? Yeah. yeah. Go,
0: actually, just go ahead and everyone roll a religion. Huh?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: the other symbol is that of a crescent moon.
1: One check for both?
0: It's just going to be one for, for oh, both. Oh, okay. So I heard nat 20 from Valen.
1: 18 for Belinda.
0: And Akiva? 16. Okay, so you know that the other two shrines are that to Arlios, the god of war and justice, and Vladir, the elven god specifically of magic and art. In terms of what you know about them beyond that,
1: it was Arlios and who?
0: Arlios and Vladir.
1: Vladir.
0: Arlios is uh, generally prayed to in terms of any sort of issue on a court or justice, or if need be, as a protector as a defender of people in times of war specifically vladir meanwhile is a god of magic said to have brought magic into the world in the first place and is a close ally of arlios okay specifically he is known as the father of the elves so that makes sense
1: okay well we're not gonna stop in right now because we got stuff to do
2: yeah because we're going to the like Water barracks, basically. I don't know. You said something about water and barracks.
0: I thought you were going to the inn.
2: I I need to go to the inn.
1: Yeah, we're gonna to go to the inn first, and then okay. go to the barracks because they're apparently it's right down the street.
0: Yeah, they're not far. So you arrive at the inn, and it's pretty nice. As you walk up, you see simple torches kind of lit inside, a couple of lanterns behind a fairly plain wooden counter, and you see a young woman, short hair about shoulder length, blonde. She's pretty muscular as she's kind of putting things together and seeming to just uh, go through some paperwork that she has behind this counter. As you guys initially walk in, you see a uh, hallway kind of off to your left that seems to be leading off to some rooms and a set of stairs just behind the counter that heads to a second floor. I would have assumed Valen, you would have probably
3: stayed here before. I imagine if I know about it. It's the only way I would have known.
0: So you would know then that this is the owner, Quara Windriver. Her family are all fishermen.
3: More fishermen? <laughs> There's
0: a lot of fishermen in this city.
3: I imagine. Well done.
1: Quara Windriver?
3: Yep. And I will take the lead since I have been here before. You have. i walk up to the counter. Ms. Windriver. She looks up. It's a pleasure to meet you again.
0: Balin! It is a pleasure. It is a pleasure. And she holds out her hand to
3: shake yours. I will get a good firm grip because I know that if she wanted to... She could give it right back. <laughs> yep, she is actually pretty close
0: to returning that, that level of strength. It's like, well, what are we doing for you again? She looks like just around you. You have a few friends this time around.
3: I do have people in tow, yes. Do we have rooms with double beds, or should we split this up to four? What's your availability?
0: Well, um, I have some single rooms. Those will cost you about three silver a night.
3: Double rooms will be five. Belinda, Scriv. Are you too opposed to sharing a room? Or would you prefer singles? Yep,
1: nope, I don't mind, and I like saving money. Wonderful.
3: We'll take two doubles then.
0: Excellent, excellent. She starts to look for a couple of keys and pulls them out, hands them out to you, and she says, this one right here is room six. It is the third door on your right, and this one is room seven, which is your fourth door on your left.
3: Thank you so much, Cora. And... As always, here is your money ahead of time in case I need to alight in the night.
0: Thank you so much. She takes the takes the
3: silver and pockets it.
1: I'll pay for ours. Oh, great.
3: Huh? Yeah. Well, I still give her a gold, then. She knows what's up. She knows what I'm about. She's <laughs> like,
1: I'll
0: hold the room for you an extra night just in case, and I appreciate that. How know. long are you planning to stay? I mean, we have you for the night at
3: least. Well, we're here looking for a cleric that's supposed to be coming into town, and ideally... When he leaves, we will be keeping him safe on the roadways, so it all depends on him. If I don't need the room for an extra night, well, then you keep the money and I hope to see your friendly face the next time in town. Otherwise... Well,
0: thank you so much, Valen. You know, you're always welcome here. Looks like the rest of you is like, oh, I hope you all enjoy your stay. Let me know if there's anything I can get you. We do tend to run a deal with the ocean breeze a little ways down if you're looking for some some food or even a snack. Have a little pin that'll give you a discount
3: on some of the meals there. Wonderful, wonderful. And as always, if you need assistance with anything around here, you know where I am. Yeah, business has been good lately with this uh, cleric coming
0: into town. So a lot of people want to see anyone who has that sort of divine magic. Mm. So it's drawing a lot of attention then?
1: Yeah, is there an event planned? If people are coming into town to see his arrival, is it like a parade sort of situation?
0: No, not quite, since they're not really sure exactly when he's going to get here. They just assumed it was going to be today based off of uh, wind patterns and where he was coming from. Interesting. All right. Well.
1: Yeah. Thank you for your hospitality. I'm sure we'll speak again.
3: Thank
0: you very much. Please let me know if there's anything I can do for you.
3: All right. So do we end up with the room on the left or the right? You're on the left. Left. Great. Great.
1: So are you wanting to stop here for a little bit before we go on to the barracks? I need to change. Fair enough.
0: All right. Is there anything else that you guys would like to be doing? I mean, it doesn't take Valen that long to, to change, but...
1: I maybe mean, I guess we could park some of our stuff. Like, I don't think Skrip has to carry the tent right now. Unless Skrip wants to carry the tent right now.
4: I would like to leave a lot of my belongings here, okay. actually. <laughs>
1: what about Gertis
4: I'm keeping Gertis with me. Gertis <laughs> comes with us. Mm-hmm. Gerdas always goes with him.
3: Uh, now, I'm imagining that you keep Gertis basically, like, in the middle of your lower back. Yep. Perpendicular to you. <laughs> yep. So you can whip it out when you need a shovel. <laughs> yep. Perfect. You got that action sheath for a shovel.
4: Yeah. And then I have my buckler on my lower left hip and then my sword on my right. Are you left handed? Screw ambidextrous. Mm-hmm. So, you guys
0: take a few minutes to kind of unload your stuff. Valen, you changed.
3: How do you look? Uh, good. <laughs> uh, that aside, a tailored dark shirt. I'm gonna say, I spent 15 gold on this. Silk? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice pearlescent buttons, probably mother of pearl, not real pearls, that's excessive. A waist scarf, red, an cape, you know, over the entire thing. Again, a bunch of red accents sweeping over the shoulder, forming a collar. Just, a uh, overall a sort of upper crust, fine outfit. My hair is now down, combed up. I look respectable.
1: You look beyond respectable compared to the rest oh, yeah. of us. Oh, yeah. Like... We're just like trying, I think, as well, I kind of just be like cleaning up a little bit. Probably a little dusty from traveling and also smelling like fried fish, but otherwise just sort of trying to be presentable.
3: In, in the time we've all cleaned up and I've come out looking like a different yeah, person.
1: Yeah, basically. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> My hair is no longer up in a messy bind.
1: <laughs> This is Valid as we've never seen him on our travels so far.
3: Correct, this is business.
2: Because, like, I'm still in a hooded armor with a mask
4: on right now. Wait, we're making a business call? We're going to see the captain.
1: The constable, right?
3: Constable Olga. DM, is
4: it comfortable to assume that I know what is presentable in terms of appearance and the like for meeting someone of this station?
0: (laughs) For someone of this station, as long as you're not, like, in torn up, scrappy clothing
1: you mean literally scripts armor
0: yep it's not an official meeting in which you've been summoned or anything like that so if you go as you are you know that that wouldn't be like any big issue but if you had been summoned to like the court in an official capacity then you should definitely wear something nicer
4: can I use my disguise kit to help Belinda touch up
1: (laughs) just gotta make ourselves look nice Tony I have my cloak right
4: oh yeah you do
1: I'm just going to try to look a little more stylish based on what I've seen from walking the streets so far.
4: Do I have a
1: disguise kit, actually?
4: I don't think I, I do. I think I asked
1: you if you had one earlier when we were doing I character building. I don't.
4: I don't have a disguise
1: kit. I just have proficiency in it. Never mind. So, as Scriv, are you concerned that you look like a bumpkin? Or you just don't want to be rude?
4: I don't want to be rude.
1: If, as Scriv, you're kind of voiced that as Politic, i like, Don't worry. This isn't anyone who has any heirs, I believe, as a constable of a city. She's used to dealing with people from all walks of life. We just want to be respectful.
3: Now, this conversation's happening before you walk out and see that I've completely overkilled it.
1: Yeah, before, right, right, right. (laughs) I'm like, the bar is low, we just need to look presentable, okay? (laughs) Oh, well, then
4: that's not too much to worry about. Uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Wow.
3: What?
2: Oh, you're wearing this again. I like it. I I always enjoy seeing this one.
3: Well, I'm going to approach these people as a representative. Of my goddess looking to speak to a representative of another god I need to do this correctly
2: Right, so go like this or mask down
3: I would keep the mask for now okay. Stay in the back And I will probably be introducing myself via title So just go with the flow on that one So you know the drill Yeah have done this before
4: You might want to explain it for our new friends. Yeah, I, I look over Belinda and look back
1: No, we don't really have a drill We just give our names and figure it out from there. So what's the drill for you guys so that we are prepared as a group for this?
3: Oh, the drill is just uh, Kiva doesn't rush up, grab hands, start shaking and introducing everybody for them. (laughs) (laughs) He tones the friendliness down slightly so that I can come off a bit more professional. Right.
1: Okay. (laughs) Well, uh, for Scriv and I, not to speak for Scriv, I think normally we just introduce ourselves and Provide some context as to why we have arrived, and... That's it. That's it. (laughs) That's our MO. So, I think that'll work out. Great. All right. Off then. It's
3: about ten minutes that way, and I point.
0: So, you guys begin to walk through. You come up uh, across small bridges that uh, separate the the main part of the harbor with the rest of the city. As a thin channel of uh, water passes underneath. As you travel southward, you arrive at a... Fairly plain, very simple uh, stone building. Pretty large, but you see it's a bustle of activity as guards kind of keep coming in and out of this particular building. Uh, you do know that this is the port
3: barracks. Great. Well, does anyone take exception to me going in there and simply asking for Volga, or do you? one of you want to do it?
4: No, I'm just distractedly looking around. There are a lot fewer people, but I'm just trying to catch snippets of conversation. It seems the direct approach is probably the best.
1: Yeah, let's just all go.
3: All right, yeah, I'll just uh, take a couple steps ahead of the rest of the party and act like I deserve to be anywhere, so that hopefully we don't get stopped before we get to the front. Okay.
1: Confidence is key. (laughs) Exactly.
0: You get up to the double doors and push them open. Inside, you see several different guards just moving about. One is just kind of sitting a little ways back, and as soon as you enter, stops you, you see dwarven male. Wearing plate armor and a large maul across his back, you see a thick red beard that's tied real tight into a braid and thick bushy red hair.
3: This is the man sitting, or the man stopping us?
0: The one that's calling out to you right now. perfect. (laughs) Hi, what can I help you with?
3: Walk up to him. I am Cantor Aurelian, and I am here to seek out information on the cleric that you have coming into town.
0: Ah, then you want to talk to Olga.
3: Yes, that would be fine. All right.
0: Come on. And he uh, starts to lead you down a couple of uh, hallways past a few different doors. You kind of catch a few glimpses inside as there's a couple of beds inside. You see one that has like a, a few tables. Some guards are at rest. Others
3: just seem to be uh, just moving about. I'm going to surreptitiously flash a thumbs up to Akiva. He's doing great.
1: yep how surreptitiously i assume we all see it
3: (laughs) oh yeah i mean just literally the guard is ahead of us so i'm just gonna turn around yeah 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 yeah. nailing it
0: so as you guys are walking through he stops at an open door in which you hear snippets of conversation inside about like no post a few more guards over here just in case as you walk up the dwarfs just slams his fist against the open door hi constable you have some uh visitors you have time And as you all peek inside, you see this one human man talking to this very, very beautiful half-elven woman. Very short, chin-length blonde hair, bright blue eyes, very tan skin, wearing a full suit of plate and a shield kind of strapped to her back, a long sword at her side. It's
3: judgmental of me, but the name doesn't fit. (laughs) Anyone else? Anyone? No? (laughs) Not at all, (laughs)
1: guys.
0: She looks up and kind of immediately looks you, Valen, up and down. Have we met? No,
3: ma'am. I don't believe we have.
0: She turns to the guard next to her, like, see that this is done. Closes a book that was on her, on a desk there, and puts it away. She nods to the the door. Thank you, Orsic.
1: Can I send a quick telepathic message to Scriv? Yeah. Did you see what the book was?
4: Did I see what the book was?
0: Uh, Roll perception. 14. You saw... What looked to be a list of names and what seems like locations. You get the impression based off of your quick glance that seems to be guard placements or patrols. It's
4: telepathic, isn't it?
0: She's communicating to you telepathically. Yes, yeah. You
4: can I sent her the mental picture of what I saw. Okay. You Thank you. I, I imagine this isn't the first time I've
1: done this. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This no. is
1: k- kind of a standard thing. We're quietly assessing. <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: And she just turns to the door. Thank you, Orsic. That'll be all for now. The dwarf just nods and kind of wanders out. She gestures the four of you in. What can I help you with?
3: Apologies for disturbing you in the middle of your preparations. We've come into town, as I gather many people have, effectively seeking an audience with the cleric coming in, and we've heard word on the street is that you will be keeping an eye out for this cleric when he arrives, and we're simply hoping you can help us get in touch with him.
0: Which shouldn't be any problem. There was a storm about a day or two ago that might have slown him down. I suspect he'll be here either tonight or early in the morning.
3: Wonderful. Uh, Does this cleric have a name? We've somehow avoided that.
1: (laughs) Belinda's gonna send it to Scriv before we hear it.
0: (laughs) She just goes, yes, he goes by the name Zolas.
4: Can I, like, Pull out my handy book of, of history that's apparently useful for religion and everything else.
1: <laughs> it's an encyclopedia. I love Oscar's just ignoring
3: the conversation now he's reading
0: You can roll
4: a history check on this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, usually Belinda handles all this. And I mean, I could sit back and analyze this person, but you seem to have a handle on it. Yeah.
0: You do notice she is kind of looking all of you up and down a little bit as if she's trying to study you. 11. You're more from. The main part of the Vremur Empire, you've kind of a couple of times on Travelers, you've heard them like mention the name Zolis, but beyond that, you don't really know anything about him.
4: Mm, I mean, probably not important beyond the fact that he's a guy, so.
3: I realize I've been rude, actually.
4: And haven't introduced us?
3: <laughs> Basically, yes. So, as I see that she's looking us all up and down, I apologize, madam, I have not introduced myself. I am the Cantor Aurelian. I am a dedicant of Ashenai. And I'm simply looking to speak from one servant to another of the gods with Zolas here. These are my companions. They can introduce themselves. I I point at Belinda and then in turn down the line.
1: Belinda Walsingham.
3: Scribner Whitecliffe. Akiva Kontu.
0: A pleasure to meet you all. I'm Constable Olga Marsk.
3: As we said, we're staying at the Silden Inn. If I were to perhaps hire a courier or... Perhaps we could even do shifts here. Could we be alerted when Zolas arrives?
0: You simply wish to speak to him as one servant of a deity to another?
3: Effectively. I, You know, we have to open conversations that way.
0: Do you have any other business with this cleric?
1: Yes, we'll be upfront with you because you seem like a forthright, honest woman. We've also been hired to provide some support to him on his travels and simply to be an escort as he makes his way from the city.
0: Uh, You intend to escort him away from here?
1: That's what we were hired to do, and we figure the first step is to actually meet him.
3: And determine if he wants to leave, because otherwise... I don't like the way she said that.
1: Do you say that out loud, (laughs) (laughs) Scrib?
4: I mean... Yes. 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 (laughs) confirm, Yeah. (laughs) Yes.
0: My apologies. There's a lot of rumor going around, and I have no proof of it, but there's claims that he is a pirate and has taken goods off of ships before I cannot confirm that this is in fact the same pirate that has conducted several raids on ships but
3: well, I will say we weren't hired to guard a caravan simply him so I would like to subtly pull on like Belinda's sleeve Mm -hmm. and just
4: like like, lock eyes
1: (laughs) (laughs) she'll be like yeah screw what you got (laughs) telepathically
4: What are the chances that she's going to try and arrest the person we're going to bodyguard? And we just told her that we're going to try and escort this guy who might be a wanted criminal out of the city.
1: Perhaps we can focus on the fact that we are taking him out of the city. She doesn't seem to have any proof. So as long as she doesn't get that or have further evidence that he is going to do something, it seems like she might just want him gone. Okay. I think we just emphasize that.
4: (laughs) Then I just pull out my book and go back to reading. (laughs) She's looking at each of you as this is happening, and she looks at you for a second,
0: Scriv, as you lock eyes with Belinda, and she goes, If you're concerned about me interfering with what you intend to do, as long as you are escorting him away, we will have no problem.
3: Well, I, I, for one, would welcome if he turns out to be a pirate and you do feel the need to lock him up, was not paid for any manner of jailbreak. So, (laughs) please, we will not get in your way.
1: Yes, we have no interest in disrupting law and order in your city. We are here as visitors and guests and I have the utmost respect for what you're trying to do here.
3: It's a very lovely city. I'm really only here as I said to speak to the man and I can do that whether he's in chains or walking beside me on the road so
1: <laughs> we're like throwing him under the bus so hard <laughs> she seems
3: to relax a
0: bit at this like I do not intend to arrest him upon arrival as I said I have no proof of his wrongdoing but I am taking every precaution considering the rumors i've heard and her eyes do stop on you akiva and are staring right at your eyes darn
1: so tony i'd like to use an ability (laughs) yeah go ahead (laughs) i'm gonna use my view aura ability so as an action i can study a creature's aura until my concentration ends which can be up to an hour i can see the target learn if it's under any magical or psionic effects hit point total and emotional state also i have advantage on charisma checks Against her. Okay. Not that I've had to make it yet.
0: So you focus as the auras of everyone in the room kind of comes into view and you focus your attention on hers. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't see any magical or psionic effect on her. And her hit point total is 112.
1: <sighs> <laughs> we need to be really nice to her, you guys, outside of <laughs> <in> the <laughs> metagame perspective. <laughs> okay. An
0: emotional state is cautious.
1: Okay. I will quickly say to Scriv, this is a woman we want on our side. Telepathically? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say Sorry, telepathically, of course.
4: See if you can ask how widespread the rumors are. She might not be wanting to do something, but that doesn't mean that someone who blames him for a lost shipment might not try to take the law into their own
1: hands. That's a good point. I'm definitely focusing too much on the details. We need to get an idea of the bigger picture.
2: I guess I'll kind of like try not to meet her gaze and just kind of stand (laughs) there and make myself a little bit invisible.
1: So you're going to get more shifty? (laughs) Do I
3: notice that she's beginning to stare past me and at Akiva? Yes. Okay, that while she's not looking at me, I would like to turn my eyes gold. So the next time I I look at her, hopefully I distract her.
1: (laughs) You're like, hey there. Should have led
3: with that. I forgot as part of my ensemble.
0: You don't Mm want to
1: lead with your big move. You got to build up to it.
0: Yeah. She stops for a minute and then her eyes do immediately meet yours. You're an ASMR.
3: Correct. Soulbound of the Celestial and
0: What is an Aesimar and a Shadar Kai doing together?
3: <laughs> so far, we've been traveling, seeing the sights. He's new to the plane. Well, relatively, we've been together for a year and a half now.
0: I guess so
2: since the jig is up, I'll, I'll, I'll lower <laughs> my mask. mask. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, for the foreseeable future, a permanent resident of the material plane.
0: <laughs> I will then assume you are not here to see a death. No, ma'am. I will have many guards on watch throughout the city. Keep the mask on.
2: Yes, ma'am. So then I'll lower it back here onto my face. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love this demure, like polite, like, to keep it like, like oh practical. no, ma'am. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: She's so good, though. She saw it through my mouth. Yeah,
3: through
1: your clever disguise of wearing a spooky mask over your you spooky realize face. <laughs> your
4: eyes are red. I've I said so several times.
1: You could wear a veil. New character
4: <laughs> goal: get sunglasses
3: for Akiva. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she wears over the mask. I yep. do put one-way lenses in, in the mask.
1: So I'm going to talk to her, I guess, since things are going a little awkwardly for us. I'll say, "We're I know we're an unconventional party, but we're here to do a job simply and efficiently, and we don't want to waste any of your time. We would like to know if you can give us any information on the sources of these rumors about Zolis's piracy.
0: Many of the sailors talk, and of course, as the rumors spread from there, I'm sure several of my guards have let slip on a drunken night at a tavern that he was on his way to port, but I can't pinpoint any single rumor in its location.
1: Well, still, I appreciate you being forthright with us, despite us being a rather odd band who has arrived in your town. I promise no one's going to die.
0: That I know you have been honest with me, and she does do a quick glance at Akiva so far.
1: I will tell you, if he is here to watch someone die, he's not doing a very good job of it, because we've been traveling together for some time, completely safely.
3: He's taken to cataclysm, if
1: that helps. Yeah, it's fine. He's quite good.
0: Very well. Just be, of course, aware that my guards will be on watch, not only in the off chance that we can find some sort of proof of the Zolus's wrongdoings, but should anyone attempt anything against him as well.
1: I understand. Protecting law and order is... Really vital to the health of your entire city.
0: If there's anything else you need of me.
1: Is there anything we could do for you? You've been very generous with us, all things considered.
0: If you hear of anything or of any threat, please report it to me or, or sick as quickly as possible.
1: That is more than fair.
3: And Constable. Yes. How would it be best for us to hear when Zolas arrives in town?
0: I can get a message to you. You said you're at the Thistleton Inn.
3: Correct. You can ask Madam Windriver. She normally mans the front. She'll know what rooms we're in. Very well. Thank you.
2: If I don't mind asking, you had us pegged very quickly. Have you had any previous experience with either people like us? Roll persuasion. Yeah!
0: (laughs) You know what I'm fishing for. That would be a 22. The Shadarkai are some I've met once, but uh, as far as ASMR go, my grandmother was one. Thank you. I was just curious. I,
3: I do noticeably perk up at that. That's I'd love sometime if if I am around longer to eventually speak with you about that at some point. It's it's very rare that I even get to hear of other Azimar.
0: They are very rare indeed.
3: Yes, well perhaps once the excitement of the Zoldas visit has calmed a bit, we can reconvene over that. But thank you overall for everything you've done.
0: Absolutely. And good luck to you all on whatever mission this is. <laughs>
1: Throwing some shade at us. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck at
4: whatever it is
0: you're
1: whatever doing. Order, whatever, <laughs> Your
4: vague thing.
1: <laughs> Your ill-defined goals.
0: <laughs> I mean, basically.
1: <laughs> All right, I think we will politely leave. Yes, extricate ourselves.
0: She mm-hmm. nods and is like, I need to do a patrol myself here. I'll escort you out. And slowly walks you out of the building.
3: Is she the first one out of the room?
0: No. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay so we will all pool into the hallway and wait for her to lead us out she
0: basically goes up to the door and like calmly gestures like please feel free go ahead of her okay yeah. Yeah, we all leave i guess all right so she closed the door behind and you see her locket as she then then goes in front of you and starts to lead you out of the building
1: mm-hmm. she's a cautious woman I respect that.
0: Yes, she is very cautious. For fun, yeah.
4: while I'm being quiet, I'm going to try and see if I remember how we came in and match it with how we're getting out. Okay. Just as a mental exercise.
0: You're studying the path in, and it seems she's taking you on the exact route to get out.
4: I will be pleased with myself that my memory is that good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll grab. <brag.
4: laughs>
3: okay, so.
1: gives himself a mental thumbs up. <laughs>
3: Heading back to the inn then? Turning in?
1: I suppose that would be the best. It seems like we've done everything we can here. Yeah. Kiva and I will stay
3: up late talking about how excited we are. Someone (laughs) recognized us. (laughs) Yeah.
1: They saw through our disguises. Wait. So quickly. You- <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: I'm sorry. No part of what I was doing was a disguise. Nope. <laughs> yeah, you were extremely ostentatious.
1: That's exactly the word. <laughs>
3: me slumming it around, you know, normally.
1: That's the disguise. Yeah.
3: With a different name is the disguise.
0: Yep. So are you guys heading back to the Thistle it? Yes. Tired. Yeah, I would imagine we've had a long day of travel. So, well, yes. Uh, I is. would like
1: to speak to. Valid <laughs> once we get back.
0: So you guys are back. You can move about as you please. Um, the sun is
4: going down. It's starting to get pretty dark out. Akiva, one game of Cataclysm before we turn it Sure. In. Just, yeah. the
1: one, just one. Just one.
3: <laughs>
1: <Nerds>. <laughs> so I guess Belinda and Valid are actually going to talk.
3: <laughs> Real words exchange. I'm so nervous.
1: <laughs> so this is a new persona for you.
3: It's not a persona. It's a slightly upscale way of speaking and an official title. I'm a representative of my church in so much as it can be called a church and in so much as the only actual acolytes I know have all been trained by me in one manner or another.
1: So you are the leader of your own I'm not going to use the word cult because I think it's offensive but religious sect?
3: Sect is a fair word, yes. And I don't know that we have leadership beyond a loose conglomeration of people who have earned the title of Cantor. Interesting. But that aside, I suppose yes, given that I spend most of my money basically sending, you know, supplies and raw money back home so that somewhere there can actually be a small, thriving study of my goddess.
1: I hadn't realized that, so this is why you adventure?
3: No. No, I go about doing as my goddess would wish me to do, sharing in the struggle of the people around me, aiding when I can, growing, waiting, eventually, to find the purpose I was here for. I thought it would be the entire, you know, prophet angle, having a deva. I wrote a lot in my youth, but, um, it's not even, not even 25, I wasn't even as old as Scriv when I finished writing all of our different religious documents, so... Traveling for 40 years. Eventually, I assumed I would find a purpose.
1: Still searching?
3: Well, now I have a very clear goal. My Deva's gone missing, along with everything else that's gone wrong in the past year or so.
2: Don't worry, we'll find her. As
3: I just lean over. <laughs> Thank you, Akiva.
1: Well, it seems our goals are not too different.
3: Yes, it's a dar for you, based on the symbology?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely thought I had my life kind of mapped out, you know? Become a follower of Adar, move into being at the temple, eventually become a cleric, and one day that just all changed. I suppose I'm one of the lucky ones, you know. I didn't lose any power, I didn't lose all direction in my life, I still was at a on the cusp I suppose where I could choose to do something different rather than feeling like everything has been shattered, which is tragically all too common these yes. days. There's a lot of lost people
3: seen quite a bit of that. I might have joined them myself if it wasn't for how unrelentingly upbeat my traveling companion has been.
1: He really is pretty much a constant source of joy and positivity for a follower of death.
3: It's very difficult to wrap my mind around, but it's what he is and I accept it and I'm thankful for it. And as you say, I'm lucky that I was born with, I believe, all the power I'm ever going to have, losing my deva didn't exactly impact that though it did leave me a bit adrift. and uh without the connection we shared i've had some difficulty getting back into the swing of things but i'm working on that
2: you've done really well
3: thank you again akiva
1: yeah i understand it's a- it's important to find answers and i think it's for me a struggle with not falling back into just old patterns of cynicism and it's so easy to not care about things Especially when there's so many unanswered questions, but it's partly why I'm traveling with Scroof. He cares.
3: I don't know how old you are, but I know we have a similar lifespan and we run into the same issue. Eventually, the cynicism does try to take hold, so it's good to travel with people that keep you grounded.
4: I'm assuming that we're listening to
1: this conversation? Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're not hiding it.
4: I just stay very quiet. I've never actually heard Belinda describe herself
1: in this context. (laughs) She's usually not a sharer.
4: No, not at all. And the cynicism is definitely not a side that I've seen. So, just
3: very quiet. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I uh, apologize. I probably should have shared beforehand that I would be... Well, I did say I'd be introducing myself via title, but I didn't explain to you guys that I had a title that came with an honorary name and that I would be using that,
1: so... To be fair, we didn't ask. I think we were kind of just going where the adventure takes us and responding and reacting to the world. So I think, so far, we've made progress. I don't know what's going to happen when this cleric arrives. It seems like all hell might break loose, in which case we'll adapt to that as we can. I don't see there's much we can do to prevent anything from happening that's going to happen I think events are already in motion
3: I imagine we're just going to have to as you said think on our feet here hopefully it's all just going to blow over but at least for the foreseeable future I will continue in his presence to go by Aurelian, just so no one is confused I tend to try with important figures to put forward that face the rest of the time I go by my given name it's a simpler life that way and uh, well people know me They don't need to know the figure, the Dedicant of Eshinai, so I keep them separate.
1: I know what it's like to have a a name that comes with certain associations and expectations, depending on who you're talking to.
3: Then you understand.
1: Good. So, now that we've had a really heartfelt conversation, how's the game going?
3: Just turn over, there's like 14 too many pieces (laughs) because both of you are cheating. (laughs) neither one of you is going to be the first question.
1: <laughs> because then you'll call, the other will call them out and you're like, mm, we'll just keep bluffing. He doesn't know for sure.
4: Actually, Akiva. Yes? Can you teach me magic? I mean, you know what? I never tried. Like, DM, can I try... Yes. It? I- I'm going to grab Akiva's deck and I would like to try and palm one of the cards. <laughs> Roll a sleight of hand.
1: He wants you to teach him oh. illusions. <laughs> <My friend. laughs> I crit with the plus five.
0: <laughs> oh, boy.
3: The heartfelt moment has turned into an opportunity for Scriv, too.
0: So, Akiva, you kind of, like, show him initially. You've, I'm assuming you've done some of the tricks on the road a little yeah. bit. And Scriv, out of having just studied and watched it, you pick up one of the cards and hold it, and then it seems to vanish from sight.
2: <gasps> you did it! That's amazing. That's really cool. All
4: right. Cool. I, I like this. This is... I never really saw this out there, so
2: this is fun. Yeah, it's just a little bit of a, I guess, hobby or
4: art skill that I picked up while I was with the uh, Halfling Village I stayed with when I first arrived here. My ears perk up at that. Can you tell me more? Also, while he's explaining this, I would like to continue to see how many cards I can hide on my person. (laughs) The goal is to hide at least ten cards. So,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> make two additional sleight of hand checks.
1: I will be writing some letters, by the way. Now that that's okay. that's all the emotional heartfelt conversation Belinda could muster for like the next week. So,
4: <laughs> for the next
1: week, <laughs> I'm whenever
0: you get a chance, you'll you'll find a courier to.
1: Yes, yeah, she planned to do that in the morning.
4: Fifteen and nineteen. Okay, I'm gonna say
0: you get about seven cards hidden on your person.
4: Before they start becoming obvious.
0: They start to become a little <laughs> obvious. <laughs> the patchworking in your armor and all that starts to like slip slightly as you're trying to hide the cards and say, oh.
4: Okay. No, but that... Oh, man. This is fun. Yeah. I
2: had a pretty fun time entertaining the halfling
4: uh, that I stayed with. I would like to take some time listening to him talk about his halfling childhood.
1: <laughs> Second childhood. <laughs>
0: okay. We can say... That Akiva just spent some time then going over the simple life that he got to experience with all of these halflings and learned that halflings tend to value storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so all of the, the tricks and everything that you could do, they thoroughly enjoyed.
4: Halfway through this conversation, I use a halfling idiom in halfling. Uh-huh. And does Akiva reply in kind?
0: Akiva, you understand what he means?
2: Yeah, I will like, oh, so you know halfling as well in halfling.
4: Yeah, okay, cool. So then we carry the rest of this childhood conversation in half. Length.
1: Oh my gosh. Belinda's just going to be like, this is a good thing. It's a good thing.
3: He's making friends. <laughs> I'm very jealous. I've been trying to teach him celestial
1: for months. You speak celestial?
3: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, Just the sly side. Eye. <laughs> you speak celestial? <laughs> and celestial. Yeah. <laughs> you, you speak celestial? <laughs>
1: Mostly the academic form, so I'm a little weak on my idioms, but I definitely studied when I was at the Temple of Adar. There's an academic form? <laughs> <laughs> I assume, Tony, that it's like the really formal it's like Latin. Latin. It's yeah, Latin. Like,
0: It's like Latin. It's kind of how I always picture it. Sounds it sounds a little
1: stilted, I'm sure, and overly formal and dramatic, as opposed to what I would assume is actually celestial being spoken.
0: Which, Valen, you kind of have a sense of both.
1: Yeah, it's very, yeah, very, very religious in its sort of symbology. Yeah. Whereas
3: I learned it, you know, from someone who just speaks it. Right, yeah. She- so I can be a little casual.
1: And possibly Belinda's pronunciation might be a little unusual because she mostly learned by
3: reading. <laughs> you know, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. yeah. Still, ex- exciting.
1: Yeah, exciting. So I'm sure we exchanged some conversation further in Celestial about how no one knows Celestial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's such a waste. It's such a... Rich language.
0: <laughs> is there anything else you would like to do before you guys turn in?
1: Nope.
4: Nope.
1: I think Bolida would talk to Script just a little bit. Just okay. kind of checking in. Just sort of, how are you doing? Because this is an entirely new experience.
4: Better. A lot better. I was not expecting the walls to be so big.
1: I probably didn't prepare you for the scale of what a city is like. I think no. eventually, once we go to Orenthal, you'll want to prepare yourself. But you're doing- Wait, ext- it's bigger? It's the capital of the empire. (laughs) This is a well-sized port city with a university, but...
4: Okay, then. Well, I will take my time. The fish helped. That was fish. It was like chicken, but flakier, and it had kind of this different taste. And frying, that's dangerous, but delicious.
1: I don't recommend we jump into frying ourselves, but it's possible Valen, or I suppose we're going to call him... Aurelian, for some of our future conversations, would be willing to show you. Yeah, that might be good.
4: I mean, if anything, if we wind up splitting up, it'd be nice for at least one of us to know how to cook.
1: Yeah, that's really not in my skill set. You're really... You pick up things quickly. I'm better at just sort of studying. Also, I just don't like cooking. I'm sorry. I'll just be upfront about that. It's not my thing.
4: I don't know if it's my thing either. I guess I'll find out.
1: Yeah. Also... I know I don't share a lot, kind of what's going on with me. I kind of got introspective. I think I don't want to feel like I'm burdening you. You're so, I don't know, upbeat about the world. And I don't want to be a source of any sort of oppressive negativity or anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's nothing like that.
4: No, I, I heard some of the same things come from my dad. But it's nothing that you're doing. Okay. Dad said that I should probably go out into the world so I could uh, see what it was really like, so.
1: You found out it's pretty flaky, in general.
4: (sighs) And delicious, (laughs) if a bit crowded.
1: (laughs) Well, I guess we'll see what tomorrow brings.
4: Yeah. Well, let's turn in.
0: All right. So, as you guys are all turning in, in the middle of the night, you suddenly hear a loud clanging sound. And as you start to come to... Balin, you're actually the first to hear this and react to it. Uh, Belinda, not too long after in the other room. Mm-hmm. But as you initially hear the clanging, you then hear explosions off into the distance. And as that begins to start after about a moment or two, as you're coming to consciousness, you then begin to hear screaming.
1: I quickly do the thing I never do and put on my armor.
4: <laughs> okay, that doesn't take you long.
1: I'll just be like, Scriv, let's go. Something's happening.
4: I help her with her armor. Thank you. <laughs> I help her. She helps me. That should have the time that it takes for us to get our equipment in line. Yep. Yep. What's going on? I heard
3: loud explosions. Balin,
0: you hear it first. Akiva starts to, it takes him a minute, but he starts to come out of uh, his sleep trance.
3: <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't. Because I grab his, uh, <laughs> I, I grab the sheet on his bed and I just, Well,
2: what's he want
0: on?
3: Alarms, explosions. Get your sword.
0: Got it. I'll start throwing on all my stuff takes you a little bit longer i'm assuming uh valen you can help him put on his armor
3: yes i will help him put on his armor that's why i wanted him out of bed quickly
1: takes a little bit of time
3: i, I just uh you know throw some clothes on it takes me you know a couple seconds but i'm gonna help him get his armor <laughs> on. Mm-hmm.
0: so you all grab your equipment, begin to rush out i'm assuming all the way to the street
1: yep mm-hmm.
3: yeah
4: weapons not drawn yet
3: <laughs> we're on the first
4: or second floor
0: uh you're on the first one okay great you kind of see a very groggy Cora uh, stumble out of a back room and say, what's, what's going on?
3: Did those explosions come in the direction, from the direction of the port, Tony? Or from from the port? All right. Cora, I don't know exactly. I would stay inside. Just keep an ear out. Stay safe. We're going to go check it out.
0: She just hangs out kind of behind the counter then and stays there as you guys all rush out of the inn. There are several torches lining the street to provide some some light, and as you guys kind of rush out, you just hear shouting and screams coming from uh, the east right by the, the port.
1: We go to there.
0: As you start running, you see occasionally blasts of fire strike from the wall going down, seeming to strike targets off in the distance. You hear what sounds like the launching of lances from the ballista up on the walls.
3: Oh, this is... Wow. Not good. Not (laughs) good. Okay.
2: As we're running, I'll kind of look to Valen and be like, do you want me to have Lazarus scout ahead?
3: You know what? It's dark. Yes. There's panic.
2: Yes. Do it. Okay. So I'll summon Lazarus and I'll have him fly up in the air and just go about 100 feet out so I can still communicate with him telepathically.
0: Okay.
1: Great idea, Adam, by the way. Yes. Good call.
0: So as Lazarus forms and appears from the pocket dimension, he launches up into the air, almost instinctively knowing what it is you want, flies up overhead and starts flying towards the wall. As he does, you see several guards all crowded around one of the towers that leads up to the wall, and they seem to be pinned down and held back from what looks to be undead creatures that are casting spells at them. They seem to be guarding the entrance to the stairway of the tower that leads up to the wall. The wall here is just the separation between the actual dock itself and the rest of the city. As he kind of does a quick pass overhead, you also catch a glimpse of several undead on the ballista that's on the wall, and they seem to be firing towards
3: the water. They've got control of the ballista.
0: Okay, I'll relay
2: this to the group. It seems a a group of undead are on the ballista firing into the water.
3: How many?
0: How many are there around? You see there seems to be at least... Four undead on each of the ballista. And they're
1: firing into okay. the water.
0: Go ahead and roll a perception check for your pseudo dragon. It's a plus three and with advantage because it has keen senses.
2: Okay. Nineteen.
0: Okay. Your pseudo dragon kind of calls back. You get the sense of because it can communicate simple ideas and emotions with you. The undead are firing at a ship. Okay. The ship is also as it kind of like is looking at you. See, not only ballista being fired at it, but as the ship has gotten closer, fire spells have been cast towards it and you see uh, flames just starting to catch onto the ship.
2: Okay, I will relay this to the rest of the group. Uh, Could it be possible they're trying to attack the cleric?
0: Oh, definitely. The ship still seems to be like a good 80 to 100 feet from the dock, but it's kind of just pelted by these bolts. Okay. Adam, I would like you to roll a stealth check for Lazarus as he's flying overhead. Okay. Plus four. Okay, 21. So as Lazarus swings around and starts to fly overhead, you guys, I'm assuming, are still running in that direction. Oh, yes. 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 So you guys are almost towards the wall. You now can hear the sounds of combat.
3: What's the light like?
0: It's low light right now. Light, okay. Because there are torches along the walls to provide some form of light. If you notice, though, on the dock, though, it's pitch black. So if you go past the wall, Scrib is going to have a hard time seeing.
3: Yeah. So knowing that he is the only one of us who will have difficulty any seeing while we're running, I am going to reach out and just... Tap his shield and cast light on it. Okay. So
0: Scriv, your shield begins to glow with a soft light and you can see a lot more clearly right now.
3: Can I hold
4: it without getting the AC bonus? I'll say yeah.
3: It is uh, hanging from you. It already has a 20 foot radius. Right. And then another 20. 20- yeah.
1: Tody, I'm going to focus on my precognition discipline. Okay. That gives me advantage on initiative rolls.
0: All right. So you guys are coming up and you hear what sounds like fighting both off to the north of you and to the south, both to your left and right as well as a tower that's just a little bit in front of you. Uh, you see several guards kind of ducking behind one of the buildings as bolts of what look to be like a dark energy slams into the walls. Uh, one actually hits one of the guards and he drops to the ground. Okay. You guys are about 50 feet from the guards that are hiding behind the building.
1: How far are we from the guard that just got taken out?
0: 70 feet from him. Shoot. He is in the open.
2: Okay. As we're running up, I will kind of just telepathically order Lazarus to kind of stay within like 100 feet of us but fly around and keep out of sight and alert me if anything i guess big happens
0: okay roll one more perception check with advantage for lazarus okay 20 okay one thing lazarus will say to you is while there are several different uh, undead there he notices there seems to be one in particular that is talking to all the others and seems to be coordinating and he's up on the wall, but he's not at a ballista.
2: Okay. It seems that there is a commander to all these undead and he's on the wall.
1: How far is he from us, Tony? The commander? Do we know?
0: The commander is up on the wall, about 80 feet down the wall from the tower you're at.
1: And we can't see him yet.
0: You guys can roll perception checks. You're coming up to the guards that are being basically pinned down. with Okay. Belinda?
1: 23.
0: Valen. 19. Scriv? 21. And a keep. 19. Okay. You guys can just see a figure that's definitely standing taller than several of the others on the wall, but he's surrounded by about five different figures.
1: I'd like to use one of my abilities then. Okay. I could use my mind thrust ability that lets me do psychic damage from 120 feet. I just need to be able to see him.
0: Okay. As you're coming up to the wall, I'll say you're in range and it's an intelligence save. Yeah.
1: DC 14. He fails. Okay.
0: Ooh.
1: I'm hoping this will also be distracting. Seven points of damage.
0: Okay. Dang. All right. So you focus and immediately you see his head kind of recoil to the side and he starts to look around.
2: Really quickly, can I cast Armor of Agathus on myself?
0: Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So you focus your arcane energy as cold tendrils begin to swarm over your body and you feel a little bit more protected. As this happens the leader of the undead forces starts to look down and he notices the four of you rushing towards the wall. He leans over to one of his people and just seems to say something. And I need all of you now to roll initiative. All right. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today.
1: Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules As Written or check out our website, dndraw.com. Feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also, subscribe and leave us a review or a comment anywhere podcasts are found. Thanks for joining us on our adventures.
0: Hey everyone, today we are highlighting Samantha Darcy, known as 65th Victor on Twitter, an incredibly talented artist who creates gorgeous character art, among other things. We were lucky to meet her at Gen Con, and she's an absolutely wonderful person. She has recently started a tarot deck, being funded by Ko-Fi Donations. Her unique style of fantasy art and illustrations are always beautiful. Support from patrons allows her to continue to produce art for RPGs, trading card games, illustrative products, and more. Her patrons can gain access to works in progress, discounts and commissions, and even art lessons. If you're interested in supporting her work, check her out on Patreon and Ko-Fi as Sam Darcy. You can follow her on Twitter at 65th Victor, that's at 65 T H V-I-C-T-O-R.